You are listening to a sermon from Linworth Road Church. For more information about Linworth Road Church, please visit www.linworthroadchurch.com. And we're going to uh, read from Luke chapter 8, uh, verses 4 through 15. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that, in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You can have a seat. One sower, one seed, four soils. Let's look at these four soils. Jesus talks about these, and as we go through each of these, let's look at uh, these four soils and look at the prepositions in each of these soils. First of all, there is the soil, uh, the path, and notice the preposition is along the path. Jesus, in this story, is talking to a great crowd, and everybody walks on the path. And I think what this refers to, this first soil, is this, what everybody gets. This, this word has gone out everywhere, all throughout the world. It's, uh, this gospel message has gone out throughout the whole world. Uh, here in America particularly, everyone has access to a Bible. Everyone has access to the gospel. This day, there are cars going by this church and other churches in town. And uh, what happens, like Jesus says, is that the devil, it says, uh, he, he takes the word from their hearts so they do not believe. How does the devil work? Well, he is the accuser. Uh, he is the slanderer. He gets us to think negative things about God. He gets us to think negative things about the word of God. That's how he does it. He is the accuser that this Bible, this gospel, it's not relevant. It's, doesn't, it's not interesting, it's boring, whatever it is, he'll throw any kind of accusation so that this word does not go into a person's heart, so they will believe. The second soil 
is uh, on the rock. Notice the different preposition. It's on the rock, on the surface, and this is the individual who hears it with joy initially. There's a lot of emotion at the beginning, and, uh, you know, there's, uh, it's uh, a joy, with joy this uh, word is received, but it doesn't last. Why? Because it's just on the rock. It's not in the heart. And I think we've all experienced this before as well. I can think about one individual, particularly way back when I was working campus ministry. I'll never forget this one fella. He received Christ, at least it seemed he did. He loved the songs. He played the songs. And then some tests came up. He heard some things at the university that he couldn't quite answer and never saw him again. That's a very common reaction as well that Jesus warns us about. And then the third type of soil is uh, among the thorns. That's interesting, even that among. Uh, these are the, the worries of the world, the cares, and the, uh, the desire for other things, the pleasures of life. And uh, this isn't so much negative things that put pressure on the individual, but more attractions that draw us away from the word. And uh, these are things that are in our hearts, idols of the heart, things that will keep us from the word. It's interesting, I know, throughout the history of the Christian church, we're always being, we're aware of these things. We're, we're concerned about uh, the effect of the culture on our, on our, on our church and our hearts. Um, I was thinking about this this morning, how, you know, 200 years ago, the church had to deal with uh, different kinds of media. It was the theater, you know, the drama theater. Then there was, the uh, last 100 years ago, it would have been the movie theater, and uh, 50 years ago, it would have been TV. Now we are being bombarded by all kinds of stimuli. We walk around with, in our pockets, the various media that stimulate us to desire other things, desire uh, money or things that are, take us away from God. And so these, these thorns that chokes out the word. And then finally, he talks about those who are the good soil. And this is where we're after, we're after aren't we? Uh, he, it fell into the good soil that yielded a hundredfold. This is the good and honest heart, the honest and good heart that bears fruit with patience. So you read a story like this. Uh, this is a very important story. In fact, some would say this is the most important parable that Jesus ever gave. He talks about this not only in Luke, but also in Matthew and Mark. Uh, what do we get from this? Well, I know for me, I read this, and the first thing that comes to my mind is, which one am I? Which one am I? Am I this first one, just the path? Am I this, the one that uh, just has a, the, the, seed, the, uh, the seed is on the rock? Am I that person? Uh, am I the, the thorny soil, or am I the good and honest heart? I know as I thought about that this week, I thought, actually, uh, depends on the day, you know, honestly. Depends on the day, you know. Sometimes I am that good and honest heart, but sometimes I'm not. Um, so, excuse me here. Is that a Kleenex here? That, that uh, video, I didn't know it was going to have that effect on me here. Really something. So... <clears throat> You know, it's interesting that video, how oftentimes we see that people in that tribe, we're the ones teaching them, they're teaching us. 
They're really teaching us. People from overseas, they're the ones with a good and honest heart. And that's what we're after is people like that. We want to be like that. Anyways, I was just thinking about myself. There's times I'm that good and honest heart, but a lot of times I'm the other, uh, these other soils. And uh, I wanted to share some good news with you this morning. And uh, the good news, that's the title of this message. It's not bad news here. Hope, I don't think you all came in here for some bad news. There's some good news here this morning. Uh, the good news is this. I believe that Jesus Christ, who came to this world, 2,000 years ago, he came here to turn rocky soil, thorny soil, into good soil. That's why he came. Jesus Christ, he came, he died on the cross, he rose again from the dead, he sent his Holy Spirit, he came to change hearts. And he is changing hearts little by little. Interesting fact about this tribe. I did a little bit more research this week about this tribe. There were some missionaries that went into this tribe 50 years ago. And they were reaching out to them. And then a neighboring tribe, uh, two of those missionaries were martyred or killed. I heard the interview with the, the widow of one of these missionaries. I mean, people really laid down their lives to see this group of people uh, come to Christ and to grow. As was shared on this video, that we, we used to be worshipers of idols. We... Uh, we had many wives, you know, they were, they, what happened was Jesus Christ transformed their hearts, and that's what he's in the business of doing, and it was encouraging for me to see this, that for myself, for every one of us in this room, we are in process, we, all of us are in process, each of us is going from, I believe, little by little, if we let the Lord let, us, let him do it in our hearts, he is changing us, he's transforming us, and I'm encouraged by this truth that there will be a day when we stand before Jesus Christ and we are going to have a pure heart on that day. In the meantime, he is working on our hearts little by little by little. Now, the question, though, is uh, what kind of a role do we have in that? Well, this is the other good news. There are things that we can do where we can become people with good hearts. I believe that God is able to transform us into be people who have, are really that good soil. And so what I want to do just in our few remaining minutes is just share some things that can help us cultivate a good heart, that good and honest heart before God. These are some things that have helped me over the years. And I want to just give you four practical things we can do so that we have that good and honest heart before God. First one, put on good news glasses before I read the word. Put on good news glasses. You know, this book here, I mean, you just look at this book, sometimes it can seem rather daunting. It almost seems like a law school text or something when you, the way it's written. And it can be a very intimidating. But you know, uh, this, this book here is a book of good news. Sometimes you ought to maybe read a little kid's Bible because it's got the colors in front and all that sort of thing. You know, it's more happy looking. Um, but sometimes I think that we look at this book really as bad news. And what has affected me more than anything else is a story, actually a comparison of two verses. One's in Hebrews 12, another one is in Acts 13. In Hebrews 12, the writer there says that when the people receive the law, 
time of Moses, it says they begged that no further word would be spoken to them. Have you ever been in that situation? I don't want to hear this anymore. I've been in that situation. I have to be honest. Uh, I don't want to hear this anymore. But in contrast, in Acts 13, it says that when Paul and Barnabas were on their first missionary journey, they spoke, it says the people begged them to come back. And that's the difference. What's the difference? The difference is the law versus the gospel. The difference is that Paul and Barnabas were preaching the good news message. It has helped me so much before I open this book, it's just remind myself that this is the gospel. I'm reminded about Jesus Christ. I'm reminded that he is the Savior of the world, that he loves me, that he's forgiven me of all my sins, that I'm new in him, that I'm justified. I just, I go through that exercise. I also think it's a very, very important step to take is to always stay in the New Testament. I found it interesting in this video is that what they translated first was what? Matthew through Revelation. I'm sure they'll give them the whole Bible. And the entire book is profitable, the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. But, you know, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. Uh, the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And this, this message of Jesus Christ and his grace and his goodness is coming again. All these wonderful truths that we see in the New Testament, it's so important to read this with gospel good news glasses. So, uh, it's, only those, it's only when it's good news that we'll want to have it in us is the point. So that's the beginning point. The devil, he accuses us and he accuses God in just thinking that this is really not good news. This is wonderful news. It all is. So that's something that's helped me at least when, in terms of really my attitude towards the scripture. Second of all, let me give you this other little tip here. It's called a habit stacking. This is a phrase I came across here a few years ago, habit stacking. Have you ever heard that phrase before? If you have, okay, habit stacking, here's the way it works, is that I think there's just no doubt about it. If you really want to see transformation in your life, uh, it means changing habits. There's no getting around it. Uh, if we're going to have that cultivating that good heart, that good soil, we must change our habits. It really is important to do. There's a habit that has been encouraged, I know in this church and churches throughout the world, uh, is the, the habit of just having a daily time with God, a daily quiet time, uh, and for people just to feed themselves. And uh, that's a very important habit to have. Uh, I read one study on this, said that uh, they did a study of individuals whose lives were really transformed versus ones who were not, and they found the most significant difference was that people whose lives were transformed by God's word would have a time at least four times a week where they personally were going, getting in the word themselves. I think that was significant. So there was a big difference between three and four, in fact. The idea being is that they, they had made it as a uh, majority of the days uh, they were taking time themselves to get into the word. Anyways, I remember when I was a new Christian, I saw people were having this daily quiet time. I was coming to church, I was learning a lot of new things, but I didn't have this time myself. And then uh, I thought, I really would like to get this habit down. And here's the way habit stacking works, is that you take an existing habit and you add another habit to it so that it can help, kind of gives you momentum into your new habit. Well, there's a habit that I have had for years. I'm really good at it. I've been, I've been diligent at it for decades. It's called eating, okay? 
Uh, I'm really good at it. In fact, I just I ate today, and in fact, yesterday as well. And I haven't missed a, a day without eating. I just eat every single day. And he shared this verse. He says, Job 23, verse 12, I have treasured the words of thy mouth more than my necessary food. And what this man said was, you know, he just had developed a habit, not some legalistic thing that he had to do it. It was just a prompt for him. But he just had this habit that every single day, he decided he would read the word before he ate. And boy, did that ever help me. So I started doing that. I just decided before I, before I eat anything in the morning, Lord, I'm just going to read your word. Now, sometimes I read the word for one minute. That's all. Maybe that's all, that's, maybe that's all the time I have. But I found that when I started doing it, even taking that minute or that five minutes before going to work, pretty soon it started getting into five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And so this is called habit stacking. I found that was a very helpful uh, tip that that man gave me. Let me give you a, a third tip here. The 24-7 adventure in God's word. What does this mean? Uh, as I began getting in the habit of just reading the word in the morning, here's a trap that I got into, that that became the essence of things, of just having this daily quiet time. I found myself getting into this habit of thinking almost like the Pharisees, where that's the whole goal of life is just to have this daily quiet time. And, uh, and that's a real trap that it's easy for Christians to get into. And then I realized one day, no, this time in the Word is really not meant to be uh, a, a, an end in itself. Really what this is about is a life of walking with God 24-7. And I found it more exciting to realize this, is that everything I read in the morning or just all the input that we get at church or other places, it's really meant to help me be following God in the moment. And I've asked this question, no matter what situation I'm in, the more I do this, it's, it's helped get this word in me. As I say, what does God's word say in this situation? The more I develop that as a habit, is this a time? What, what, is, what is the command that he has? What is a promise that he has in the moment, in the moment? And really what the Christian life is, it's a time of, it's an adventure of walking with God, putting into practice day by day, moment by moment. It says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 23, it says, Doing wickedness is like sport to a fool, so is wisdom to a man of understanding. It's a sport. And that's really what the Christian life is. It's fun. It's, it's sport. It's taking God's word, putting it to practice, claiming promises, uh, doing his commands in the moment, and seeing the blessing that comes as a result of applying the word in the moment. And so it's a 24-7. How often should we be in the word? 24-7. It's just applying God's word by the Holy Spirit's power moment by moment. And then there's one other tip to give you, and that's this. Water others, and you will be watered. Water others, and you will be watered. When I say watering others, I mean sharing the Word of God. I have noticed for me that as I share the Word of God with people in natural sort of surroundings and bringing God's Word and just communicating the Scripture, or communicating Christ with people, uh, that I myself get watered. It actually goes down deeper. Oftentimes, I'll have a time in the Word in the morning, and I'll share with Sandy what I read, and I find I get even more out of it in the process of sharing it with her. 
Uh, and this is a, just a tremendous habit I would encourage, particularly for parents to do this, uh, just to be sharing the word throughout the day. I would often, when our kids were growing up, we'd be driving along to some place. We have a Bible in the car, and I just have one of my kids, let's just read the proverb of the day. Uh, Proverbs, there's 31 of them, and we just pick the day of the month. Here's the seventh of the month here. Go ahead and let's just read Proverbs 7 together. And there's, it's just, just, it creates a culture of just living the word moment by moment and day by day. And in particular, I wanted to mention this to parents. Uh, I heard a story, an anecdotal story years ago that's had quite an effect on me about this missionary. Uh, there was this missionary who would come to the States uh, in the summer after working out in the field. And they come, this missionary, he would come for uh, a month or two, and he would stay in the homes of Christians. And he would stay in the same homes uh, year after year after year. And after over a 10, 20-year period, he got to see the children in the home and see what happened with those children uh, throughout those years. And he noticed something rather interesting, something very striking. He noticed that the homes where the parents were sharing the word of God in a more religious kind of sense, where it was kind of a formal sense, the kids were not following Christ. But he noticed that the parents in the homes where the, where the, where the parents were sharing with the kids in a more informal sort of way, like he says in Deuteronomy, when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, you know, as they were going to the, going to the, uh, the store or working out in the field, and the, and the word was coming up and sharing the word in the context of the situation. So it wasn't just a religion, but it was a life. Those are the ones where those kids were following Christ. And I think this is the point, is that as we share the word of God in a more natural sort of way, we become changed. But these are just some things that I think can have helped me at least in terms of cultivating this life of having good soil and making this a, a life in the Word that's moment by moment and day by day. Now, I just have a few closing comments here before we remember the Lord in the, in the communion. You know, there's a great miracle that happened 2,000 years ago. Uh, Jesus Christ, the Word of God, came. This woman made mention of that. She quoted there John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh. What a miracle. God himself became a man. We celebrate this at Christmas. We celebrate this actually all throughout the year. This incarnation, God became flesh. Great miracle. Jesus Christ now died, rose again from the dead. He's ascended on high. Now there's another miracle happening. It's not the Word become flesh. It is the flesh becoming the Word. This is the new miracle that we are all part of, that we have opportunity to become more like Jesus Christ. The Word became flesh. Now the flesh becomes the Word. It's my prayer here, before I shared here today, I was praying for you all, is just that somehow or another, each of us here will become more like Christ and will have a greater appreciation for the Word of God. The example that we saw here of this tribe in Indonesia, that this would be our heart, 
that in some way, in some new and a fresh way, that you would appreciate the Word of God, you would, and you would take steps in that regard. Perhaps if you've not been a person who has had that time in the Word in the morning or the evening or whenever you might want to have that where you're feeding yourself, that you would begin that. You say, doggone it, I'm going to start doing that. Or perhaps you're a person who says, I've, I just felt before God, I just need to start meditating on the Word more or just applying it more, just be more conscious of applying it or sharing it. So whatever way the Holy Spirit may be leading you, I'm just appealing to you that you would be that person who takes a step here as a result of this message, as a result of the example of this tribe in Indonesia, so that in a greater way that the flesh may become the word to the glory of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this example of this, our brothers and sisters in Christ, thousands of miles away. Thank you for their tears. Thank you for their hearts. Thank you for their commitment to your scripture. Lord, I hum I'm humbled by them. And Lord Jesus, uh, we thank you for them. Thank you for allowing us to have this video and to see what happened there. Lord, I pray that you would give us all softer hearts. Thank you, Lord, you are in the business of softening hearts. Lord, we want to be people more and more that reverence your word, love your word, uh, make your word our life. We want to be people that really become the word. Uh, I pray that you would just do that more and more in our hearts this week. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.